This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm Lavora Barnes, Chair of the Michigan Democratic Party. The words this week, democracy, it's at risk. The continuing attacks on the integrity of our elections is a symptom of a more widespread attack by Republicans on the greatest democracy in history. Republicans in two states have attempted to banish members of their state legislatures because they didn't agree with the members' political positions on two important issues, gun safety and civil rights for all Americans. In Florida, the Republican governor and the legislature are using the power of the government to punish Disney Corporation for opposing the state's anti-LGBTQ laws a repeat of the attack used two years ago against cruise ship companies that enforced COVID safety measures. Florida has also taken away the right to vote from more than one million former prison inmates, despite a statewide vote restoring those rights. Just about every Republican state has used the excuse of non-existent election fraud to make it more difficult to vote. The Brennan Center for Justice reports that in 2023 alone, state lawmakers in at least 32 states pre-filed or introduced 150 restrictive voting bills, bills which contain one or more provisions that would make it harder for eligible Americans to register, stay on the voter rolls, or vote as compared to existing state law. Extreme gerrymandering across the nation is distorting democracy beyond recognition, guaranteeing one party stays in power regardless of voter preferences. Ohio is enacting legislation to make it virtually impossible for citizen-led petition drives to put new laws or constitutional amendments on the ballot. Michigan is increasingly becoming a beacon of democracy for the nation. In 2018 and 2022, citizen-led petition drives brought major reforms ending gerrymandering and expanding voter rights. Now, with the new Democratic majorities in the legislature working hand-in-glove with Governor Whitmer, our democracy is being strengthened even more. In a moment, I'll talk with State Senator Sarah Anthony about one of those efforts, her bill to expand the rights of ethnic minorities to reflect their heritage and culture in a small but important way through their personal appearance. But first, a summary of the week's political and policy news with Dorian Titus. I'm Dorian Titus. In the news this week, U.S. employers created 253,000 jobs in April, bringing the unemployment rate to 3.4%, the lowest unemployment in more than 50 years. The April jobs report, which beat economists' forecasts, showed the 28th straight month of solid job growth. Adults in their prime working age of between 25 and 54 are back in the workforce at rates not seen since before the labor market wreckage of the Great Recession. 12.4 million jobs have been created since President Biden took office two years ago. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo announced that a Norwegian company making renewable hydrogen for fuel has selected Michigan for a manufacturing facility that could create 500 jobs. Neil Hydrogen's factory will be the largest plant in the U.S. to manufacture alkaline electrolyzer equipment for the production of renewable hydrogen. Renewable hydrogen can be used in fuel cells for industry applications, transportation vehicles, and other systems that require electricity with virtually no greenhouse gas emissions. A bipartisan legislative package to strengthen penalties for sexual assaults and protect survivors cleared the Michigan Senate almost unanimously Thursday. 
The package was first introduced in 2018 by Senator Stephanie Chang. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has signed legislation barring employers from discriminating against any employees who received an abortion. The current law only protects people from employment discrimination if the abortion was to, quote, save the life of the mother. The governor also signed bipartisan legislation ensuring that absentee voter ballots from military and overseas voters are counted if received up to six days after an election. Last year, Michiganders turned out in record numbers to approve ballot proposal 22-2, which expanded absentee voting for military and overseas voters. New national polling shows a majority of Americans want Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas to resign. Two-thirds of voters surveyed believe that the cascading revelation of payments and gifts to Thomas from a Republican billionaire constitutes unethical behavior, with 53% saying he should resign and only 32% opposing resignation. In Michigan, voters overwhelmingly oppose the type of book banning now going on in Florida under the leadership of Ron DeSantis and a Republican legislature. In a poll by Epic MRA, 83% would support state legislation that would protect the right of the public to read what they wish in local public libraries and not have books banned. 70% said that librarians are very capable and trustworthy to decide which books and reading materials should be included in local library collections. Michigan Senate Republicans proposed bills Tuesday that would do away with requirements for concealed carry licenses. Under the Republican bill, no firearm safety training would be required as a condition of concealed carry. Still another former Republican legislative leader is under investigation. A $25 million grant in a no-bid contract to an ally of former Speaker Jason Whitworth is being questioned by the state officials. An agreement obtained by Bridge Michigan shows the State Department of Health and Human Services in December awarded the grant to the Complete Health Park, a nonprofit founded six months earlier by David Coker Jr. He previously worked for Wentworth, but was not employed in his office at the time. Wentworth is the third former House Speaker to make headlines. Rick Johnson recently pleaded guilty to federal bribery charges, and Lee Chatfield is under state and federal investigation for campaign finance and sexual assault-related allegations. Those are some of this week's headlines. From Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tyus. Joining us this week is State Senator Sarah Anthony of Lansing. Senator Anthony is in her first term in the Senate after serving four years in the State House. She earlier served as chair of the Ingham County Board of Commissioners. Senator Anthony chairs the Appropriations Committee and is also a sponsor of the Crown Act, a bill dealing with a very personal form of ethnic discrimination. Senator, welcome to the podcast. It's terrific to have you on. Madam Chair, thank you. Thank you. It's exciting. It's an exciting time. Exciting times. I, 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 we, we were chatting before we started here about new roles, and I want to start by letting our listeners know that you are Appropes chair, appropriations chair, which means your your role is huge, very important, and about to come into play even more because we need to get a budget done, right? That is that is correct. So being the appropriations chair here in the Senate is an honor of a lifetime. And I tell folks, you know what, I'm approaching this role with with everything I have. 
And I come as a black woman, the first one, in fact, to serve the property, but also just someone from a middle class background. And our charge is to not just pass a budget, but to pass one that leads with our democratic value. And so it's an exciting time to not only be in the majority, but serve in this capacity. That's so terrific. So I think that because we were in the minority for so long, a lot of the Dems who are listening may not even understand how the budget process works and what the role is of the Appropriations Committee in that. Give folks just a, a little primer, a little, a little lesson here on how the budget works here in Michigan and, and what the role of the Appropriations Committee is in that process. Yes. So this is my favorite thing to do these days is to educate folks on the process. So early in the year, in the calendar year, the governor, our amazing Governor Whitmer, presented her executive recommendation. She did so in February. This is how she views our state's challenges and opportunities and how we can invest dollars to solve our, our, our needs here. From there, the Appropriations Committee, both in the House and the Senate, start to meet with constituents, meet with stakeholders, and building out our own recommendations of what we believe we should do to help move our state forward. We are just in the midst of that process, reporting out our recommendations. From there, we take the House recommendation, the Senate recommendation, and the executives, and we start to negotiate. We start to look at areas that we are aligned and areas that we may have differences. I will tell you it's an exciting time because of our trifecta that we have here, our values are completely aligned. We want to make sure that this majority is meaningful to real people, that we are not just looking out for the wealthy and well-connected, but we're looking out for everybody, um, which will you know, obviously mean lots of investment and things that have been disinvested in for you know, generations now. So after we come together and we look at our differences and how we have areas of alignment, we will present a budget that is co-created by all three. I will tell you we are on track to have a budget done before July 1. But as you know, Lamora, from your time in the legislature, it's got to be done by September 30th. And, you know, I am a daughter of Lansing and the daughter of a state employee. We're not going to wait till the very last minute. There is no reason why we can't get this done well before our, our deadline in September, but we're on track for July. I, I have I have memories, Senator, of of budgets that not only went up <laughs> to the deadline, but failed to meet that deadline. And I have all the confidence in the world that with this trifecta and the and the, the group of you led led by terrific leaders like you, you're going to get this done so that the people of Michigan um, know, know that their needs are being taken care of without that sort of drama in September that we have seen before. That's um, right. That's talk, right. Yeah, you talked a little bit about leading, leading with your priorities and, and making a budget. You know, my, 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 my family believes this too. Our, our budget reflects our values and I think our state budget should reflect our values as well. I love that that's the way you all are approaching this budget. Talk a little bit about, and, and I, I hate to even take your time to do this, but the difference between having the Dems in control right now and this budget and what the Republicans did to this budget year after year, and to the people of Michigan using this budget. The budget is a tool, but the Republicans used really as a political tool in a lot of ways, didn't they? To sort of, their, their values are a little different from ours when it came to the budget. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, I, I will say this. Thank God that we have had 
Governor Whitmer yeah. as the executive in this time, right? So, you know, we have seen due to an influx of federal support, budgets that haven't been as bad as we've seen in the past. Again, having an executive as the backstop for some of the things that we could have seen has been helpful. But we know where there's been disinvestment. We know that just the lens in which we've approached education funding, environmental justice, economic development, it should look a little different when Democrats are at the helm. It should look different when we have women in power to determine how we are making sure that, you know, health care and child care look a little bit different, right? So I think that these dollars, many of are absolutely one time in nature. We're looking at ways we can transform our economy. How do we want to make sure that we're attracting people to our state, but then also growing our talent and growing the 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 things that we know we need to do here in Michigan. So I'm just excited. And quite honestly, you know, where our Republicans fell short, we've got powerful Democrats that are here ready to partner where it makes sense. But also we're not going to be shy about doing what 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 we know is important. Senator, I've never known you to be shy. So I am <laughs> I am I am pleased to hear you say that you're not going to be shy about this budget also. I want to have you, if I have you here, I want to talk about legislation you have introduced in multiple cycles, multiple legislative cycles, that I think is finally on point to move. And that's the Crown Act, something I care deeply about because of the way I wear my hair and the life I have lived where it hasn't always been welcome. I would love to hear you tell our listeners about the Crown Act and the passion that brought you to it. Yes, yes. The Crown Act, creating a respectful and welcoming world for natural care. So this is an act that I introduced in 2019 that would essentially amend Elliot Larson to include race-based hairstyles as something that you can't discriminate against. This is the most silly issue when you think about it. The fact that men, women, and children, particularly African-Americans, in this state and across the country have been denied employment opportunities, educational and extracurricular opportunities, promotions, jobs, because of how we choose to wear our hair. So if you go into a job interview and you've been told, you know what, we really like you, but that hair, those braids, those twists, those locks mm-hmm. are unprofessional. They don't align with what we want our, our company to look like. We don't want to give you health care. We don't want to look at your open head wound because quite honestly, dreadlocks look dirty. And we'll, we'll get Susan, who's a black woman, to come in in a few hours to look at it. Unfortunately, these are real stories. And so this week, hallelujah, despite being denied a hearing to share stories year after year under the Republican majority, we finally got a hearing in which we were able to uplift these issues. We have cracked open Elliot Larson to make sure our LGBTQIA plus uh, brothers and sisters have every right under, you know, Michigan law. And we want to do that for African-Americans as well, that this is thinly veiled racism. And so we want to unroot all of these barriers to make sure that everyone can live out their full lives. So Senate Bill 90 is moving. Thank goodness for our chairwoman on the Judiciary Committee, Stephanie Chang who is always on the right side of history. Always. And, and we're going to continue to move it through and hopefully get a bill signed into law by our governor, who even a year ago 
declared her support of the Crown Act. Yeah, this it's beautiful. And, you know, the, the stories that we have heard and read in the news about children who have had teachers and other folks in school systems just removing braids, removing locks, taking out, cutting hair. It's, yes. it's shocking to me. And I am I'm so pleased that you have brought this to the forefront. I know a lot of people who haven't lived this don't know these stories, don't know that this is happening to their neighbors. And, and I'm so happy that you've been able to finally get a hearing and get this thing moving because you've been talking about it for years, sister. And I'm oh so, goodness. so pleased that finally people are getting to hear these stories and we can get this fixed. That's right. And, and I will tell you, you know, many of my, I, I would just call them our, our folks who do not understand mm-hmm. and do not want to take the time to understand about this issue and think we need to be focused on other things on hunger and housing and food insecurity and, you know, know, all the other things. I say, you know what? Most women I know can chew gum and walk. Mm -hmm. We can do multiple things. And I tell you, we can both be working on the state budget in this new trifecta and also lower barriers for people. We can do it all. That's exactly right. (laughs) And you have to recognize that lowering these barriers actually does impact the economic life of of people, of families. If I can't get a job because I wear my hair in twists, that's an economic burden. And, and this, right. this bill will help relieve that. I'm so grateful for, to you, for you for doing it. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, I appreciate your time with us today on the podcast. We'd love to have you back. Anytime you've got something you want to tell our listeners about, please just raise your hand and we welcome you back with open arms. Thank you so much for the time today. Keep fighting the good fight. You too. Thank you, friend. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That's our update for the week. I'm LaVora Barnes. Thank you for the privilege of your time. Party on the Peninsula is a production of the Michigan Democratic Party.